Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to NAPWIC Talks. Yes, happy Wednesday. I am Jada Williams, your national NAPWIC, NAPWIC Talks chair, and your co-host for today. It always gives me great pleasure to be here, and yes, just like the commercial said, I just have to ask you to please follow, like, and share that on all the different social media platforms that you are hanging out with NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction, or hang out on our website at www.nabwic.org and engage with us. Of course, find out how you can become a new member there. So we have an action-packed show for you today. Also this morning in the studio, we have no other than the master builder Ann McNeil herself, Miss Ursula Odom of Sola 2, and Jackie Perry of JP and Associates. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Miss Ann. How are you doing? Jada, I tell you all the time, if I were any better, I would be you. And I also say this is going to be a phenomenal show again. And it's Phenomenal because our special guest today, Ms. Erica Braxton, is, in my opinion, one of the women of New York, U.S., in the trades, making history as a woman in the trade. Black, white, yellow, Hispanic, does not matter. Our special guest today, as she shares her story, And I want to just also encourage our listeners to think about why is it that women like Erica consider going into the construction trade? And I remember when she reached out to NABWIC in the very beginning, and I asked her that question, and she told me, think about this for all of us. When you're considering being an entrepreneur, what better way as a woman that trades in construction trades so Erica's going to share her story, and we will get a better feel for that. But also when you think about Women History Month and you think about individuals like Erica making history in the construction industry speaks volumes as to why the National Association for Black Women in Construction exists. 
And we've already heard from the commercial the fact that NABWIC is the voice. And I like to say not only are we the voice for black women in construction, I'd like to suggest that we are also the voice of construction. And so when you think about the fact that our vision is to build strong, not just lasting relationships, but strong strategic relationships and partnerships with organizations and individuals that are leading the field. So, Erica, we're excited to hear your story today. And Jada, Jackie, and Ursula, I'm excited just to hang out with all of you talking about women in construction and those who are impacting this trade and this profession. I'm just excited to be one. So back to you, Jada, and this is, again, it's going to be a phenomenal show. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Yes, indeed, it is going to be a phenomenal show because we are always and continuing to bring you exactly what you are requesting, listening to our listeners as we are celebrating Women's History Month. Yes, Ms. Erica Braxton, our very own, she is a woman um, that is a part of the union construction worker and a certified welder. So as we are commemorating, encouraging, and observing, and yes, even studying the different vital roles women play, we are celebrating um, our women in the construction, and we just want you to listen in with us as we hear Erica Braxton go around New York City speaking and sharing her story, and along with other women in the trades out of New York and the surrounding areas. Hello. Today we're celebrating women in construction, and we have a panel of women in the trades. You ladies like to introduce yourselves? Uh, Terry, you like to go first? Give us a little background of yourself in the trades, how long you've been in, your okay. local. Okay, well, hello, I'm uh, Terry, Terry Paulus. Um, um, I've, I'm in um, Iron Workers Local 25, Detroit, Michigan. I've been in 26 years. I've been a dues main, uh, I've been in 26 years. Uh, a little bit about my history is um, I'm a third generation iron worker. Uh, both grandfathers were iron workers. My one was out of local 25. The other one was out of Buffalo, local six. Um, my brother, my father was also an iron worker. My uncles on both sides, brothers and cousins are iron workers and um, very proud um, Native American we are. Um, very blessed for that because many uh, Native Americans do uh, do this type of uh, living. Very good. Uh, Tanika, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. My name is Tanika. I um, am a carpenter. I am in Local 432 here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I got into the union um, December 2013, and uh, yes, I um, have a have a business now, and it's called Lady Carpenters. Frankara. Hello, yes, my name is Von Kara Williams. Um, I'm a licensed elect electrician. Um, my classification is I am a journeyman inside wireman. I'm licensed in the city of Detroit, Michigan. Um, I've been doing this for a little over five years. I just uh, finished my apprenticeship back in last year, back in May. I became licensed back in September of last year, and that's about it. Erin? 
Hello, everybody. I was just on Clubhouse and I saw the um, the link to the Zoom. Uh, so I am a um, project manager and federal government contractor. Um, and um, yeah, just really happy to be in, in this space um, celebrating women in construction. Felicia. Good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Felicia Weisman. I'm a journeyman in Firewireman, 23 years in out of uh, IDW Local 58 in Detroit, Michigan. I'm also an instructor with the Detroit uh, Electrical Industry Training Center, and I'm currently the treasurer of our local. This has been an excellent way of life. Um, it's given me so many opportunities uh, being here in the trade, so I'm an advocate for getting in uh, city youth, especially females, and letting them know that this opportunity exists and it's an awesome way of life. Thank you. Oh, and our final uh, tradeswoman, Lisa, would you like to introduce yourself? I am Sister Lisa Dickinson. I have 30 years of experience in the electrical trade. I come from a family of electricians. I am a member of 948, which is Flint, Michigan, of the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. And I have 22 years in the local. I believe that skilled trades give an avenue to women to prosper financially, mentally, and emotionally, and the sky is the limit. I hold no local positions or titles. I am just a big sister and advocate for women in all construction across all trades, locations, and avenues. And I am pleased to be amongst you. So this is our panel of trade women who are going to share experiences. I myself, I'm Erica Braxton. I am a member of Palmer's Local 24, Northern New Jersey, since 1993. And I'm also a member of Ironworks Local 11, Northern New Jersey, since 2015. This is just gonna be a casual round table discussion for us to share our thoughts and to encourage other women to participate in the trades. So our first topic of discussion, feel free. Our first topic, how did you decide to pursue a career in the trades? Uh, Carrie Paulus. Um, I tried college. Uh, it wasn't for me. Uh, I didn't like working in factories because you couldn't see outside, see a tree. Um, my brother, Eric, had actually told me that they were taking apprentices for um, iron workers. So I went down and um, filled out some paperwork and things like that to um, to get into the trade and stuff like that because I was really kind of still uh, not knowing what to do, but uh, very proud to be an iron worker and being as long being in as long as I have. Von Karen, what was your career path? What made you decide to pursue a career in the trade? Well, I'll, I'll try not to take too long. Um, I, too, uh, I tried college. I was going to U University Detroit Mercy for nursing. Um, I wasn't able to do that, finish that. Um, then I uh, start working at a stamping plant 
for some years. I worked there for four years. And in that plant, I was constantly moving up in the company just to be knocked back down because I was female and because I was African-American. I went from being a supervisor to a forklift driver. I did end up joining their uh, tool and die apprenticeship, which is kind of where I got some of my hands-on training because none of the other tool and die journeymen wanted to train me. The only ones who took me under their wings were the electrical maintenance men. And they told me, they said, well, tool and die is a dying trade. You're you're losing it to the CNA workers. You might as well come join us to get the big bucks. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll try that. It just so happened that same year, we had a giant job fair at Kobo, downtown Detroit, to get ready for all the builds that were going on. And that's where I met the school assistant director, Tom Bowles, at the time. And he introduced me to the field. He told me what to do to get in. And all I did was just follow up on everything he told me to do. Everything he told me to do, I did it verbatim. Three months after that, I'm getting a call saying, hey, come take the test. A month later, I'm getting a call saying, hey, come take the interview. A month after that, I was starting my apprenticeship. So I am first generation. Uh, nobody else really, like, told me how to do this. I had been looking. I did try um, the unemployment centers and the job training centers to try to find out how to do this. But that was what really got me in, and I've been hooked ever since. Oh, that's great. And I see you had encouragement before you actually got into the trades, which is kind of a rarity for men already in the trade to encourage more women to give them a little insight and guidance to actually come into a union. Hi, I'm Colleen Brooks. I'm um, 687. I've been a carpenter um, for about 24 years. I was uh, in the secretarial um, thing for a while. I worked with Kelly Services way back. I got up to $18 an hour, but I always was working with my uncles and them when I was a little girl. And I always, I never did the girl stuff. I wanted to build stuff. And after I had my daughter, I was like, I'm going to be a carpenter. But everywhere I went, they were like, they don't want women, this and that. I, one man told me I need to be something else, and I told him, I don't care what you say, I'm going to be a carpenter. And I went to Randolph uh, on Hubble, and that was a Votech school, and I was there one week, and uh, Frank Hines and Jerry Pavis came to that school, and they I heard about the apprenticeship school, and I signed up. They had pre-apprenticeship. They didn't offer that now, but they're going to do it again. And um, I took the pre-apprenticeship, and I did that for two weeks. And after that, I was, I've been rolling on my own. I've been rolling, but it's still been kind of hard because, you know, good old boy system is good when it's good, and I make it good when it's not. So <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I use my skills for myself, not the union. So I have taught students, you know, so it's good. Um, well, my path into the apprenticeship uh, was a little bit different. I came out of one of the best high schools in the city of Detroit. You know, my, my job kind of stagnated, so I needed to find something else to do. And I thought about some things. My dad was a millwright, and he was a, uh, a mason. And at first I thought, okay, well, my dad was a Mason. I'll go over here and try and get into the Mason's Union. And I walked into the union hall, and the guy told me, he's like, you're too smart. 
and you too pretty, get out of here. I'm like, whoa. So I looked into being an electrician, and it was one of the things I had always did the habitat houses, and the trades would always come in. It's like they'd have the general labor there, and then when the real trades came in, it was like, you know, the big guys were there, and they just pushed us to the side. And I told myself, you know, well, I want to be like them one day. So I want to be one of the skilled people coming in instead of just the general help. So I just, I, I, my, so like Von Kara, when I looked into it, uh, filled out my application, bam, you know, went and took my test, bam, had my interview, bam, I was in. I know a lot of the guys, you know, especially uh, once I got into the trades, a lot of people, you know, it's like, oh, my son tried three, four times. Who did you know? How did you get in here? You know, who are you sleeping with? And it was like, you know, I took the test and I scored very well. You know, that's why I'm here. I can't help it if your child can't pass the test, you know. So that's kind of how I For got real. <laughs> always like doing things, always like fixing things, like figuring out how things work. So something right up my alley. But, um, yeah, to this day, I get that. Well, who do you know and how did you get here? And, you know, I'm just that's why I'm here. That's common for a lot of women to some, to experience that. They're surprised that we've gotten here on our own our own two feet without any handouts. Next question, what was the process to initiate your career? Did you have any notable mentors that helped you on your journey? Uh, yes, uh, I was gonna say I went through, well, of course I said I went through the orientation, went through the, um, went through all the paperwork. I got help from the Indian, help, the Indian Center with my tools. I also have, you know, for, for the, a mentor, you know, who helped me out was my family for one, but I shied away from my family to earn my own name. And I started running with three native brothers um, that helped me, uh, also taught me, uh, helped me out with rides, um, also give, you know, get me, you know, point B, point A to point B. Um, that's something that you really can't beat. I had, they were uh, Keith Antone. Guy Doc Stater, Dennis White, Eric Patterson, Joe Patterson, Randy Patterson. Um, they all and they all looked out for me. So I was very blessed to be able to. I didn't really have much problems um, in the trades or anything like that or anything because I've grown up with all of the older brothers and that. So you know, uh, men were uh, were I was more capable adapt to men than I was to females or anything like that. Mm, so you were fortunate that you experienced the true brotherhood, that you had actual brothers in your union to actually assist and help out with you. Oh, yes. Yes. I, I couldn't really say that about the, you know, about the sisters, because I think at that point in time, us sisters basically looked at one another, we, but we didn't say nothing to one another, you know, so uh, still trying to get that, say, sisterhood within my local and stuff like that. Uh, what about the rest of the ladies? Anybody else care to share? This is Tanika, uh, Lady Carpenter from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I, um, you know, did the same process, uh, filled out the application, went to the interview, went through the pre-job uh, week, pre-job training week. Uh, it was more like an evaluation. Um the notable mentors that um, the notable mentors that I um, that I had were uh, there's a guy named um, Jay Redshaw. 
um, he actually uh, bought me my first tool belt and my first set of tools. Um, also, uh, Harold McDonald, he was uh, what was called a business rep or a business agent. And um, he, you know, would try to give me advice as best he could, I guess. Um, but he was, he was very encouraging uh, while I was in the trades. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the guys I worked with um, were very helpful. Even the ones that call themselves not being helpful <laughs> um, helped me out because, um, you know, I was, uh, I was determined to show up every day. I didn't know anything, but I was determined to show up. And uh, one of my journeymen told me, hey, uh, learn one new thing every day and, and hold on to it. And that's, that's how that was my first uh, that was my first assignment and um, I, I, I keep that to this day I keep doing that to this day I just well, want to make mention that a lot of people they don't realize that the unions have to advertise the information is out there we just have to be diligent sometimes make phone calls to the actual union to ask and say hey when are you guys accepting applications? But for the most part, it differs in each locale. Sometimes it's once a year and maybe once every two years. But you can always call and say, when's the next time you're accepting applications? Greetings. My name is Kimley Naylor and I am the owner of Nailwright Construction Company. I am also president of the National Association of Black Women in Construction and we are proud to celebrate women in construction. I'm very proud to have formed a company that allows for employment opportunities in communities, black communities, to help elevate economic stability and wage increases so that we as black women can continue to empower our communities. I'm excited to be a member of NAVWIC because it allows us to shape history. It allows us to empower women to know there is a platform in construction that is vital to the wealth transfer into black communities across this nation. My name is Kimley Naylor, and please join us in celebrating Women in Construction. Greetings. My name is Catrell McNeil. I am the Chief Customer Experience Officer with Customer Habitat, a business architecture experience firm. I participate as the National Communications Chair and the Texas Area President. I am appreciative and excited about how NAVWIC is working to build more opportunities for women of color in construction. It is important for me to support women having a voice in construction because women have been in this industry for many years. And I believe it is an honor to help build many opportunities, not only in construction, but healthcare, education, and more. My name is Catrell McNeil. Please join us in celebrating Women in Construction.
Yes, indeed, and we are back. And you just heard a beautiful, beautiful words of wisdom. And, of course, the spirit of the leader is the spirit of the group. And you can hear that in our very own national, NABWIC's national president, um, Kimley Naylor, and then our new national uh, communications chair, Ms. Catrell McNeil, and our Tennessee area president. Um, so, Moving right along in the show, this is our point where we discuss our NAPWIC business. Yes, that members benefit, so you do if you are a first-time listener or one of our loyal listeners and you have not hit that Join Now button, this is the time to do it. You can join NAPWIC now on our website at www.nabwick.org. Or you could just head over to Eventbrite. Yes, we made it even easier. You could just go over to Eventbrite, look up NABWIC, and see how you can join and go ahead and close that thing on out so we can see you and you can be ready for our next. Yes, you already know we do it once a month, and it is usually the second Wednesday of the month. We're changing it up a little bit because our national – NABWIC Billion Dollar Lunches are getting bigger and better, and it is so amazing. Yes, this next one, you will not see us in April, but you will see us June 10th. June 10th, that is the second Wednesday in June, and the National um, Association of Black Women in Construction, we will be hosting our Billion Dollar Luncheon in Aviation opportunity so you don't want to miss out on that so yes again you can find out more information on our website or just skip all that and head over to Eventbrite. Go ahead and register and make sure you have your seat. I know that is an early bird special, so you don't want to miss out on that early bird special. So you can come on in and make sure you're hanging out with NABWIC at our billion-dollar luncheon and turning those contacts into contracts. We also, members, we also have educational, national educational events coming up. Yes, guys, if you are not a member of NAP, which this is another reason why, I hate to brag, but yes, we have to sometimes pat ourselves on the back. This association plays no games. We are offering CEU, yes, educational training on March 27th, that is this Saturday, and a second one on April 3rd, April 3rd, sorry, um, I was about to say the 30th. I'm pretty sure we're going to have trainings going on all in April. I'm so excited giving away some early tea. So you definitely want to make sure you get connected and stay contacted or head over to our educational committee, which meets every Tuesday at 9.30 a.m. under the leadership of Ms. Beverly. So we will um, look forward to seeing all of our members, our new members, educational trainings, and, of course, you at our next Billion Dollar Luncheon on June 10th. So we will get right back into this awesome recording of Ms. Erica Braxton going around and speaking to different women in the trade. You've already heard a few comments coming out of Flint, Michigan, Detroit, um, and New York. So I hope you still have your pens and notepads ready. Let's listen in to more of Ms. Erica Braxton and the panel of Women in the Trade. Hello, sisters. I, I tested four out of 400. I was not accepted. And the next year come around and I still wasn't accepted. And the next year came around and I still wasn't accepted. I am the sixth woman 
in my local union. I did not have big sisters and mentors because the only women prior to me were the daughters of or the girlfriend of or the wife of, which is not exactly the same to a woman that's non-associated. It is very, very, very important to me that we have big sisters and allies. If it's the same trade, a different trade, your general location, or from across the country for the retention and recruitment and support. Very often, women that can bang down the door and get in don't stay. They don't stay because they don't have the support if they are not welcome. All areas, and I've traveled all over this country, are not the same. Some are more welcoming than others. I do not feel that because I had a gravel road with lots of potholes to travel down, that any woman behind me should have that road to travel. It is my job to pave that road and get as many here as we possibly can. I agree, sister very common thing in the trades. You reach down to help another sister up. What are you most proud of? This is Colleen King. Um, the most, the, what I'm most proud of is I stuck through the hard times and I'm still here. And sometimes it's good, sometimes bad, like I said, and I'm still willing to search out. I speak to all my sisters in all trades. That's what we need. And I try to mentor the younger ladies and everything because it is hard out here for us. And the, well, the fellows, I'm going to say, they made it easy for me, a lot of them. And I thank God for that. They seen I was a strong worker because I did uh, freeway bridges for most of my um, apprenticeship. And I, I work half of them or most of them anyway. And they seen that. So... And I, and I listened to a lot of stories in um, Las Vegas where they had to have, you know, the men didn't take them on the job. And, and that was a shame because I was like, I never had that. You know, you get one person in your group. But I, I really, I tell them, they're either going to like me or they're going to hate me, but they're going to love me in the end. And it always worked out. But the proudest is just staying there and seeing you all. Now, Felicia, what about you? Well, like I said, my dad, he was a uh, a mason. So in my neighborhood, he would, um, I could go to my neighborhood with him and he'd say, yeah, I built that porch or I put that fence up or, you know, and this is like through the whole neighborhood, you know, so it was, he was like proud of this work he had did. And people always came to him when they needed something built, when they needed something done, you know, he wasn't afraid to try anything. And if he didn't know how to do it, he had somebody who knew how to do it. So, um, you know, he was a tough act to follow for anybody, for me. But I think now, as I'm in the city, um, well, just the southeastern Michigan area, I go around, I, my family, you know, my friends, my sorority sisters, it's like, you know, they know I built this building, I worked on this building, you know, I did this project. I was on this project from the ground till they finished it, the top floor, you know, those type of things. And to be able to do that 
in the city where I live, you know, it's uh, you know, it's, it makes you real proud of where you are, knowing that you helped it. You you got the city to where it is. Detroit has never been bankrupt to me. There's always been plenty of talent and plenty going on here. So I'm always proud to be able to do that, show people around the city the things that I've been a part of and, you know, help build and put together. So awesome with that. Yes, I'm the same way, sister. I have family driving. I love to point out, I built that. You know, even though it's a collective thing with all the trades, we tend to say, I built that. We show our pride. There's something to see that our hands had a part in building that structure. So true. I'll go. Uh, well, when I well when I helped uh, build Ford Field, uh, becoming a foreman, uh, got an award for from all of, all of the um, the stewards on the job. But standing in front of all of those stewards, told them that my name shouldn't be on the plaque. Basically, you know, all my men's names should be on that plaque because I didn't do the work. Um, my uncle actually congratulated me on the plaque, and I had said that, um, you know, I told him what exactly I said. He said, but, you know, that proves that, you you know, you'd be a good leader. Um, I know about that with uh, the father, uh, even though I didn't know exactly what my father really did for a living or anything like that. You know, he would drive me around to the building, so I didn't never know the aspects of what he did. Uh, how he did build it he used to come home and tell me stories of how high in the skies he was he was um he was so high up in the sky the angels were singing to him um and was it uh, not last year but the year before i had was had gone to women build a nation and that was in minnesota uh as we were doing our march and there was a building with like um it looked like uh clouds around it was fog and my dad, you know, passed on when I was 25, so uh, he never, well, of course he seemed to top out, but um, that was really something, you know, to actually ask him out loud that, um, is this what you meant when you said that, you know, you were so high up in the skies that angels were singing to you? So that there I'm very blessed with, you know, for the stories and stuff like that, that, you know, my, my dad was able to uh, share with me. Unfortunately, he passed away when I was a year and a half in the apprenticeship, and that's 25 on 50 now. So, but that's all I have to say. I just want to note that Terry is native and in an iron working field, that there's a special connection to native people, iron working. Von Kara Williams here. This was maybe a couple years ago. I was about four years into my apprenticeship. And I was just going through a really bad night. I mean, it's just one of those days where I just didn't want to go back to work. It was just really getting to me, stuff going on at home. So I packed my daughter up, and I think my husband, too. We were all in the car, and we were just riding down Grand River Avenue, if anybody knows about that street. And it took us all the way straight to downtown Detroit. Uh, like I said, I was four years in by this time, and we were just riding around. And like Felicia was saying, you can like kind of just point to all the different places that you've worked. And just so happened coming from Grand River, when you hit Woodward, which it makes a loop downtown. If anybody's been to downtown Detroit, it makes a loop. So we get to Woodward. But as soon as I get there, I see the very first job I have ever worked on as an apprentice. And then just going around the loop, I was able to point to like all these different places. Like, hey, I did that. I did that. I was at Fort Field. I did Little Caesars Arena. Uh, I did the Little Caesars Headquarters. 
I did this. And, like, I can even point, like, some of the higher-up buildings I could point and I could show them, like, oh, I was on that floor. I did that lighting right there. <laughs> and it just, it really was one of those moments where it kind of reminded me, okay, this is why I do this. You know, I got my family in the car that, you know, uh, this apprenticeship helped me get. You know, I, I have my family and I, just to show them, hey, this is what I did and I did that. And just every now and then when I, I get those moments where I don't want to go back to work or, you know, stuff gets kind of hard. I know I could just take that same, you know, road down Grand River, hit the loop, and then just go around Wilbur Avenue all around Detroit. And I could just point to, like, from start to finish, from my first job I did downtown to one of the last ones I did downtown, which was actually right before you get back on the freeway coming home, I did a building right across from Cobo Hall. And so it's like I can really go around in a whole circle, say, and just show the, the timeline of my apprenticeship to the time where I turned out. And it's just, that was one of my moments. Yes. Like I said, that's a very common thing. We are very proud of our work. Now, do you feel that there are any unique challenges being a woman in a predominantly male career? Um, I'll go with that, Erica. Um, yeah, there are always challenges. And someone else said for, you know, the women with the women leaving the trade, when the women, they can get into our trade and they can do the work, but sometimes it's all the extra BS on the side that gets them, you know, and that's one of the reasons they leave the trade or the fact that, you know, they're the ones who are at the hall all the time picking up a trade, picking up a job when the ones who are, you know, on the job and goofing off and, you know, doing a nooner and out to lunch and, you know, they're the ones who they'll keep on the job, but they'll lay you off the first layoff comes around. So, you know, it's one of those things. I came out, I mean, I was very quiet, very shy. When I got into the trades, I, I saw that they always tried to push the women aside and, you know, you were never in the meetings, you were never on the committees. And I was like, yeah, nobody puts baby in a corner. So every time something came up that I could be in, I'm like, okay, uh, safety committee. Is there a woman sitting on there? I'm like, excuse me, you, you need somebody on there. Nobody knows how the safety equipment fits me because none of the harnesses I ever put on ever fit me right. So you need somebody like me on there to be able to advocate for the rest of the women out of here. You know, all the different, all the different committees, everything that we do, being in, being in a, a union, it gives you so many different opportunities and options. I mean, the volunteering, you're out in the community and stuff. So that's the optimum time for them for them to see you, a woman, especially a little girl out in the neighborhood when you're out doing some good. That's an awesome time to be able to just show somebody else, yeah, you can do this. Hey, little girl, let me show you what you need to do. You know, you can always you can always show them up. You know, you always work smarter, not harder. So you can always make it in those trades. So yes, you bring up good points. I always mention that to other women to try to volunteer. It's twofold. You show that you are a part of something, that you are advocating for the union, that you're a team player, and anything that you do which promotes your union ultimately helps the committee. Most unions have values where they want to show that they're a good employer, that they are part of the community. So it's very good. Some women shy away, but you have to just step in because sometimes, like you said, they won't say anything. You have to say, hey, I'm here. Utilize me. Do you feel that anything has 
negatively impacted your growth opportunities or professional development? Anything negatively impacting my career or my my growth or development? You know, I have to say that um, I'm I'm proud of the woman that I have become, and I'm, I'm happy that my my children are proud of me also. Um, not being taken seriously early on, maybe I missed out on some opportunities because you know maybe they felt like I didn't qualify because I wasn't like them or one of them. But I, I have to say that I believe that what's for me is for me. And I feel that um, with me becoming the lady carpenter and starting my own business, I think that the opportunities that I missed out on early on in my career positioned me to be the business owner that I am today. Maybe had I gotten those opportunities, I would still be, you know, working for another company. But today I'm positioned as the owner of my own company. That is very something to have your own company. I would like you ladies to share, how do you use your voice to promote equity and inclusion? Because as we know, the climate varies across the country. Depending on the international local, the local itself, it could be two locals within the same city. And the, the treatment women and minorities get may differ. Some women, piece of cake, everything's fine. Other women, we really have to search to find mentors and to find advocates within the union. So how do you use your voice to, to promote inclusion within a union? Since I've, gone, uh, since I've gone to Women Build a Nation twice now and found the sisterhood there of all different sisters and things like that, it's been more of, you know, getting on my, you know, asking my, my local whether, you know, if they're going to the schools and things like that and to, um, you know, seeing if they're going, going into high schools and, you know, promoting our, you know, promoting the trades and things like that and stuff, you know, um, um, I have asked if they do have a female that is, you know, along there with them, because I think, I believe that a man, you know, stating something, it's, you know, I think that they would think that it would be, you know, pointing at the, you know, the males and stuff, not the females. So I'm kind of trying to hope that, you know, kind of, you know, kind of changes um, myself with my mouth uh, gets me in trouble um, because I have used my mouth um, as ways of, where it's gonna, you know, say harm somebody and stuff like that, or, you know, one of my, you know, one of the guys that, you know, or somebody that I'm working with that I have no problem with speaking up or anything like that. And because I feel like I have a point to speak up upon. And um, I'm just hoping to see whether more, you know, females coming into trades and stuff like that. I do actually, when I'm someplace, I do look at them, you know, and so asking them, are you happy in what you're doing? Say, you know, cashier, whether it be, you know, cashier, whether it be a, you know, a server of some sort or something like that. And I do give them the number to, you know, our apprenticeship um, school because I don't have a numbers to like the other apprenticeships, what they might be. But if they did, you know, contact me, I could probably get the information and stuff like that to give to them if they're wanting to be a carpenter or electrician or anything like that and stuff. So I, I believe, um, you know, I, I try to do the best of my ability, and I think that I've always tried to do the best of my ability um, as being a, you know, as being a, a good local, you know, member, donating, donating my time, um, 
you know, being involved with, you know, union meetings and things like that. Um, unfortunately, I, I mean, I didn't realize that they had something on Zoom and stuff like that because uh, I haven't really read my my paper in a, in a little while and stuff. So um, I'm looking to get back with them to that. And I'm looking forward to back, uh, seeing that they have, a, what is it, they have a, 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 a meeting for all trades at the electrician's hall, like I think it's like the second week of the month and stuff like that. I would like, really like to be back involved in that again and stuff um, to try to get more of um, more insight on women and things like that. Um, I guess for myself, it was, you know, being in, I pretty, you know, as growing up as having three older brothers, my mindset was already like a male. It was like, it was, I was already like a male, you know, male. So it was like, if you couldn't do what I could do, then you weren't, say, but my feelings have all changed with that because I've looked at my sisters and, and things like that. And I, you know, small or big or anything like that, we are all good. We are all good at something. So I'm hoping that my sisters will, you know, when all this blows over or, you know, come and be involved. I look at, you know, our trades gave us our, our livelihood. You know, I think it's, you know, it's, it's uh, time to be, you know, to, um, to come back and be a part of your local and stuff, whether, you know, get, you know, uh, buying a shirt at the store or something like that. So, you know, our shirts at our store, it, it either goes for new merchandise or it goes for somebody for, you know, brother or sister for help. So that's all I have. Very good. I just want to reiterate how you mentioned the union meetings. That's very important. I tell all incoming members, the heart of the union is at the meetings. That's where you learn what's going on. You usually learn what jobs. You network within the union. It's very important to attend union meetings. Now, you also mentioned the Women Build Nations. I'd like to touch on that. That's one of the largest conferences in the United States. It's a national event where trade women from across the nation, we've had visitors from previously from Canada, Ireland, uh, a few other places in, in Europe, uh, South Africa, but that's the annual gathering. So if women want more information about that, if they go on the website, tradewomenbuiltnations.org, that'll give them more insight on that. Now, any of the other ladies, would you like to tell us how you use your voice to, to promote Equity and inclusion. I, I think Lisa might have left, but she she's big on this also. Where um, it's been a lot of times, you know, we've been taken advantage of because we just simply didn't know the rules. We didn't know um, the laws that were put in place to protect us half the time. Oh, so yep. Um, you know, in the the working agreement, um, wherever you're working, whatever kind of contract you're under, learning the different OSHA. Um, requirements for different things and, and just speaking up, you know, you know, something's wrong or um, it's been times where I've seen somebody there told, Oh, well, you have to go down into this hole and go do such and such. And it's like, well, where's their harness? Where's their ground man? You know, are you going to throw a sniffer down there? Like what's, the, you're just throwing this person down there and they don't know any better to ask these questions. And you definitely make sure to let them know like, Hey, you're not supposed to be down there unless you have a, B and C first. And it's been a few times where it's like, you know, I had to speak up or um, I was working one time and I was working near a, gener a generator and it's like, 
I start not feeling so well. I'm like, hold on now. You guys got me working in, next to this generator. It's not ventilated in here. I'm pretty sure I'm breathing in all kinds of carbon monoxide. It just so happens. I spoke up. I got them to bring out the sniffer, and they had to shut the job down for like three hours to let it air out because it's like it was getting pretty bad in there. You know, we've had uh, that same night, we had a whole crew of guys that literally passed out. It took the very last guy to just kind of get help to get them off the roof because, I mean, they were in bad condition. So we, we definitely have to speak up. We have to learn the rules. We have to definitely learn the OSHA rules so we know how to protect ourselves and know how to protect those working with us, especially when you have your own apprentice. Yes, that's so very important. We are our best advocates. We have to speak up. And, and that goes for other people. If you see sure. something, you say something. No cross trades, no matter what it is. We work construction, which can be very dangerous. We all want to go home the same way we came to work. So it's always important. Usually, an apprentice may not know, like you said, they may not know the rules. So that's when we want to take care and look out for someone who hasn't had as much time in the trades as, as us. They may not know certain things. So we always keep an eye out on for each, out for each other. How important is it for us to collaborate and support one another? I personally, I always reach out to any woman on a job, no matter what trade. I let them know I'm available for them. If they need something, if I can help them in any kind of way. What are some of the things that you guys do? I mean, we all started from somewhere. We started at the bottom of the totem pole. You know, and, and, to, and to reach out to, you know, to, to reach out to the, you know, to the younger ones. And I feel that, you know, it's my job to, you know, to, to help out, to help that, you know, that, that younger, you know, that younger generations and stuff. And if you just, and if you learn something from me, just one thing, then you know what? I've done my job. Very good. Sometimes coming in the trade, we know sometimes some sisters don't have the support. They can't reach out to anyone. So now we've made a lot of progress. The sisters who came before us, we stand on their shoulders. The women who came in pre-1980, those women usually have a lot of stories to tell. So now, yes, we have it a little easier, but we still have to look out, support one another, and collaborate. Many locals have events where one union hall may say, hey, we're going to host this. We're going to let this be open for the Women's Committee of various trades. We have to find and support out there. It may be tough for us, but there's allies. We just have to look. Sometimes there's not another sister in your local. Some of the women, there's no sister for hundreds of miles of any trade many places so we can't just say oh well there's no one there for me we just have to look hard now with the internet there's many trade groups out there i always tell the women reach out there's no one there in your area most women we've been in your shoes so we know what you're going through you can always reach out on various trade groups out there on facebook Instagram. Now, any other ladies want to share what's going on in your locals? How 
are you supporting other women? Do any of you have any sisters committees? Are you working directly with any of the local brothers or your business managers on any projects to support well, Erica, women? Um, think about Local 58 uh, and throughout the IBW, they've been trying to get all the different locals to get women's committee. And, you know, our, our locals aren't the same, but in Detroit and Local 58, we happen to be in a very good position uh, where we have a lot of, we have a lot of good support and um, we have a very active women's committee. And we, you know, we try to build a network between the women, but then, but still, there are a lot of females coming in who have no type of connection in the trade, who don't know anybody. And that's fine. You know, unlike some of the guys who are coming in and, you know, they're, you know, their dad was an electrician, the uncle was an electrician, the cousin, so they got people all around them, right? But when the females are coming in, it's kind of hard for them when they don't have anybody in there. And, you know, sometimes they have questions, they have issues, and they don't know where to go to get those answers or get help with those things, right? So for us to be there, be visible, be approachable, you know, be willing to help, be willing to open up, um, sometimes that's, that's all another sister really needs. When you're on a job, I was on jobs where, you know, I'd speak to the other women and, and they wouldn't speak back. I didn't know why and I didn't question, but I always spoke whether they were in my trade or in another trade, you know, and some of them didn't want to be, some of them didn't want to feel like, oh, the women are just talking to the women, you know, you know, if we don't stick together, you know, what, what's to become of us? You know, no one wants to feel that lonely, that there's a lonely person there that, you know, you can't talk to anybody. Nobody's going to talk to you, you know, so we all sometimes need a friend in the space that we're in. So just remember, you know, you may see another woman and they might not say anything, but, you know, we don't want that woman to be the one who drops out of the trade because of that. Not because she can't do her job in the trade, but because of the other little nuances that come along with it. So we want to support our sisters. I like to comment. I'm uh, IBW Local 134. We um, created our women's committee. It was sanctioned by the international, as she said, um, they um, local 58 has one as well, where we're sanctioned by the, the local. Outside of that, we are blessed here in Chicago to have um, Chicago Women in Trades. And major- I ain't going to say majority, but there's a great number of women that get into our local through Chicago Women in Trades. So they have their network already in existence. So we have two groups of women that come together as much as possible. And there's no, nothing perfect about it. Nothing perfect at all. You got women that don't want to participate in all this and that. But we focus on those who do. And um, I've got a sisterhood that I, I'm 25 years uh, in this local that didn't exist when I started, when I was an apprentice. And so the progress is there, but we have to um, try to build and, and nurture and do everything as women who have had to do without uh, as much as we can to ensure that other women coming up behind us, not only do they think this is what it's supposed to be and what they're entitled to, to, to support them in ensuring that they keep the tradition of us creating committees and things and, and working together as one, keep those traditions going as something that, that is, is a normal that comes along with paying union dues. Well, this is going to close out our roundtable now, but uh, I want to ask the panelists if they have any closing remarks or words of wisdom. Now, we had one member, one sister, Lisa, she had to... She's working at uh, third shift, so she had to leave. But she wants to share this. 
I do not wear a cape or tights, and I'm not Wonder Woman. If I can do this, you can do this. Together, we can knock down walls and shatter ceilings. Now, that's from Lisa Dickerson. Now, the rest of the sisters, what words would you like to share? This is Tanika, Lady Carpenter from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I just want to say congratulations to everyone. It was a pleasure and honor to meet all of you, my sisters in the trades. Um, I just wanted to just uh, share just a little bit about how the trades has helped me to reinvent myself um, before I learned my trade. You know, I always had feelings of inadequacy and like I wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't big enough. Um, and my trade has empowered me to believe in myself. It has equipped me to empower others. It has, uh, you know, given me, um, you know, tools and, and techniques to no matter where I am, I, I have the confidence, the financial confidence that I can provide and care properly for myself and my children. Um, there's no doubt that in any room that I walk in, I can add value uh, because before, you know, I, I didn't realize my worth. I didn't realize I was a person of value. So having a trade has helped me to reinvent myself and to, even though I'm only five feet, <laughs> I stand tall and I stand proud. And uh, being on this stage tonight with all of you and hearing your stories and showing your passion and your struggle and how we've all come together to converge on this moment is really a dream come true. But thank you. Um, yes, I wanted to share a phrase that uh, I had met this young lady um, just the other day. And she told me, but I'm going to say that we are epic beauty in a man's world. So I wanted to share that all with you sisters. And I'm so very blessed to be a part of this and blessed to have met you all. I'd like to say uh, for you guys, as you can see from just the sisters that are on here, Getting into a trade and just doing that trade usually doesn't happen. We get in here and we find things to do with what with the knowledge that we've got. Like you see, we have a business owner. Uh, you know, we have people of project management. She said, you know, and, and you can be an instructor. You know, you be out there. You're that mentor for people. I get the opportunity of um, I'm being an instructor at one of the vocational schools that is in the city of Detroit. And every day I'm telling the young kids, whether it's electrical, you know, you know the mechanical trades, the plumbing trades, whatever it is, all of these lead to the lifestyles that you want. You know, you're trying to get to them on a pipe dream. <laughs> but, you know, when you come back to reality and I tell some of them, yeah, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Okay, well, that doesn't work out. You know, call me up. I don't have a problem with that. But we need to recognize that what we do, it's, it's not plan B. So stop letting people think that, you know, oh, I can't go to school. I can't do this. I guess I'll go back and be in the trades. No, the trades need to be at the top of their list because this is the best thing going. It's the most awesome lifestyle you can get. You can get in here and you can do what you want to do with it. You know, if all you want to do is go home, go, go to work and go home every day, then you can do that. But if you want to come in and you want to be all that you can be, this is the place to be. Yes, I agree. So I'd like to thank each of our special panelist guests for joining and sharing their journey and their words of wisdom. 
My name is Erica Braxton. I'm a proud member of Columbus Local 24 and Iron Workers Local 11. And I'm also a member of the National Association of Black Women in Construction. And we are excited to be kicking off National Women in Construction Week. And we thank you and we hope you continue to celebrate with us throughout the remainder of the week. Hey, hey, what an inspiring conversation. Listen, all of our social media comments and then, yes, guys, my text messages and the different comments are blowing up. Just so you ladies can know, your feedback is from some of our members and audience listeners. I love the rawness from member Aida um, Smith and then the extremely diverse perspectives. This is a great episode from our member out of Tampa. I don't know if she's still in Atlanta, Tampa. One of them is Erica Rogers and of course um very inspiring stories enjoyed these ladies great conversations from other members out of northeast florida miss kalina shirley um great job ladies that oh wow that's a big one that is from our emeritus uh, miss deborah thompson so guys you are amazing and we want to thank you and i want to thank you that i love being your number one cheerleader and napwick stands behind you thanking you for making history every day so miss terry polis miss erica braxton kalina brooks miss colleen brooks tanika dawson deshaun miss von Kara williams and felicia wiseman and yes your special message miss lisa dickerson we enjoyed you ladies and want to take our hats off to you as we celebrate women's history month Okay, listeners, you know Wednesday is my favorite day of the month, and we are, yes, past the top of the hour for such an amazing show. I want to stay on and speak with you more and have more dialogue, but, hey, I know that this is Money Making Wednesday as well as we're all in our businesses and on job sites and in our careers working. So you already know that you can meet us here at 8.30 a.m., every Wednesday morning. Until next time, I'll see you or hear from you next Wednesday morning for joining us. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.